people need transparency, trust, honesty, right? There's all these things now they need more than ever in the world that we're living in today, right? And the requirements are going higher than they were before because of this. And that causes problems, right? Because leaders, most leaders are not investing in themselves. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. You don't have to look too far around the world at the moment to have seen examples where there's a real dearth, there's a real lack of leadership. So I wanted to have a conversation about leadership and about how do you need to show up as a leader at the moment and the responsibility you have for that and the opportunity you have for that, particularly as we head into a a new, hopefully better year of 21 compared to 20. So today um, we're speaking to Jason Troy. Jason and I have a great conversation. You'll hear about leadership. Quotes like the ultimate role of leadership is how effectively can you scale your business? That's great, you know, because that's often the difference between um, whether a business grows or not is the leadership capability of the CEO, the founder, to be able to scale that business. So I love that. Ultimate role of leadership is how effectively you can scale your business. In the conversation, you'll hear us talk about self-awareness and a real gem, how you could write your How to Work With Me manual, letting everybody else know around you how to get the best out of you. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Gavin here. And today I've got the great pleasure of sitting down with uh, Jason Jason Troy. Um, Jason has worked with executives all over and entrepreneurs all over the world to help them maximize their leadership potential and performance. Um, he's a best-selling author of the book, Social Wealth, a how-to guide on building extraordinary business relationships. And that sold more than 45,000 copies worldwide. He's a featured TEDx speaker. What I wanted to get Jason on the podcast to talk about was leadership. And specifically, I think you don't have to look too far at the moment in the world to see a dearth of leadership. And as employees and as team members, are, you know, everybody's had a tough year. We're looking forward to another 24 months, 12 to 24 months of tough economic conditions. And I think more than ever, business owners, founders, entrepreneurs need to demonstrate and step up and be strong leaders. So I've invited Jason onto the podcast. So we can have that very sort of conversation debate. So Jason, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Hey, it's great to be here and talk to your fantastic tribe. And and I've spent a lot of time over in the UK and Europe during my career. So I enjoy it greatly and working with people over there. I found it to be really productive. I learn a lot of new things and uh, it's taught me a lot of empathy and to ask a lot of questions and do things that have helped me in my career prior to become a, a better leader. So. 
So let's pick up on this point about what's been happening in companies whilst we went into a pandemic. It was like survival mode, both economically in a business, but also in terms of um, working out how you were going to operationally, logistically navigate the challenges of keeping the business open. But I'd like to sort of zone in on what what the, what's the challenges of leadership and how you you believe the requirements of leadership of a, of a business owner as an entrepreneur or founder, how those requirements, are, uh, are leadership requirements going to go increase? So what happened, I mean, in the beginning of the pandemic is obviously things went haywire, right? And everyone was scared. So leaders really focused on getting employees connected together. They were communicating better. I felt like there was better empathy, you saw the employee engagement scores, employee experience scores skyrocket for the first few months. And I think when you think about this, right, whenever you have a galvanizing purpose, right, so if and you'll see this happen when people have health scares in companies, people will galvanize around leaders or people or when they have a crisis, right, this happens all the time. The problem is that as the crisis goes on, especially if it's long term, people get used to living with it. Hmm. So then they don't get as excited, motivated about being around the crisis itself, right? And what happened pre-crisis is that there was the leadership gap has been increasing for a long time, right? An example of this would be leaders believing they're great communicators or great team builders and, and the employees thinking the opposite of that, right? And all that data has been showing. So these skills gap have been there, right? Well, when you hit COVID, now you have an increasing number of skills that people are required to do as leaders and managers, right? You can look at Gartner Group, all the analyst firms out there are saying the same things, right? You're having to increase the skill sets you've had now as leaders and managers over the next several years, more so than you have in the past, right? So- Due to what? Because of what? Uh, I think because now you're seeing remote teams, mm-hmm. employees are feeling more disconnected than ever before. You're dealing with a lot more uncertainty. You're having to work and get teams to work better together when you're not a part of it. Not everyone can be in the same office, right? Or even get together at any point right now. So, and they're having to communicate more often. People need transparency, trust, honesty, right? There's all these things now they need more than ever in the world that we're living in today, right? And the requirements are going higher than they were before because of this. And that causes problems, right? Because leaders, most leaders are not investing in themselves, right? Like when I go into a company, it's not about resources, meaning whether they have the money, people just don't want to take the time and do it for the most part, right? Entrepreneurs, a little bit different sometimes because they have to, they don't have a choice. They have to learn things. But as the size of the company grows, one of the things I've found a matter of if it's a small, medium or large company is the ultimate role of leadership is how can you scale your business effectively? Are you growing really exponentially rather than incrementally? And how are you growing your team, right? Because ultimately, that's what matters. If you're a small business and you're making a million or $2 million, the point of this is how do you get to three or four? And that really is the show of how great of a leader are you? How quickly can you scale your business, right? New revenue streams, motivating, hiring, retaining, growing people, making the right investments. There's a whole host of things that you have to learn. And no one is... 
naturally good at these things, right? No, no baby was ever born and said, wow, you're a great leader. These are all learned things. So anyone can become very good to great in a lot of these disciplines if they invest in themselves, practice it, get feedback, et cetera, and repeat the process over and over again. The problem is most leaders don't do this. You don't learn this going to school or getting your MBA, no matter where you are going. So a lot of people at the top also don't get feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're the CEO of your company, who's giving you feedback? Sure. So the problem is, is no one's telling you the truth. You're not really hearing it. So what you believe in your head, other people don't see because the perceptions are off and you never really communicate them to get the honest feedback from other people, right? So all of these gaps happen. The skills are increasing. The employees themselves are feeling more disconnected, lonely, the uncertainty of what's happening moving forward. And also, you know, as you were talking about, like 2021, I mean, who knows? They're talking about vaccines. Who knows when it's going to come? You know, if it's going to come, how good it's going to be. So all of this is causing like a crisis level across the board. And they think what it is signaling to leaders who have the business themselves is they're going to have to do things much differently in 21. Otherwise, 20 is going to look like a cakewalk and very easy compared to 21. And like you said, I think this is a much longer road than people think. Like tomorrow, if the vaccine comes, it's not going to be like everything gets back on track because the requirements are still going to be there from the expectations from your employees and where leaders and managers have to be. They're not going away. It is then the bar has been raised significantly. And the choice now is, are you going to step step up in order to scale your business successfully? Or what's going to happen is you're going to hit a ceiling, you're going to flounder, and you're going to sit there and wonder, why can't I grow my business? And the reason is because of you. And that's a that's a harsh home truth that that, that the one which many people won't even recognize or acknowledge that. The reason that business isn't growing is down to them as the leader. So let's say you've had that moment of realization that maybe it's me that's holding back the growth of the business, so it's limiting it. Um, what would you encourage a, lead, a, a business owner to do, you know, to improve their leadership, to help raise that ceiling further? So I think the first step is, is really about your own self-awareness. Because I think if you don't understand how to become more self-aware, look at your blind spots, your limitations, the patterns that are sabotaging your success, really truly understanding the gap between what you believe to be true and what others see around you. It is very difficult to figure out a plan to go forward and focus on the things that you need to do and the things that are holding your back and what's getting in the way. So the only way to do that really is to get some form of outside help, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be able to do that. And then you have to stay open. You have to listen and you have to take feedback like an anthropologist would be, right? Not to get defensive, not to think, oh my gosh, like what am I not doing right? But realize that we all have to get better. And the only way we can get better is having real honest dialogue. And to think to yourself, wouldn't you rather have the people around you tell you the truth, the hard, unvarnished truth about you, about how they perceive you, rather than sugarcoat it or tell you lies or not tell you the truth 
because then you'll never know. And that's standing in the way from you being really successful because most of the time it's not how smart people are. It's the rest of the skills. It's your, what they call soft skills. I call power skills that are the difference makers in your business. At the top levels of business, I think 85% of somebody's success is down to their emotional intelligence. It, it really is because that's where you start. Like Tasha Yurek, who's, um, one of the best self-awareness researchers, and she's got a book called Insight, you know, published this research a while ago that said, you know, n- between 90 to 95% of people think they're self-aware and it's only 10 to 15%. Right. Well, right. I've seen a lot of research associated with that and it's pretty similar and it's a lot worse for men than it is for women. Sure, yeah. So the challenge is, is the gap between what we believe and what's actually true. And we make up stories in our head about every reason why those gaps don't exist when they really do and we don't see them. And it's very difficult because there's a lot of issues around it, right? Part of it's biological and how we see the world, right? But you have to figure those things out as the primary first step because then if you start learning leadership and management skills, if your blind spots are there, they will get in the way, right, of, of helping or hurting you, right? And an example of a blind spot, right, could be an e- a pattern that may have happened so long ago that it seems pretty insignificant, right? Like I'll work with leaders and there'll be issues, um, usually patterns like when you're a child, when you're in high school or college or some, you know, that, you know, under 25. And some could be as simple as the fact you grew up in a large family. And the only way you got heard was by yelling over your siblings. Well, the problem now is you have to lead people, work with customers, partners, and you're not listening to them. But the reason is you're not is because you never were heard unless you spoke over people. So you learned that pattern all your life. And part of it, it helped you, right? May have helped you be a great salesperson, marketing person, entrepreneur, but now it's hurting you because you have to motivate and work with the rest of your team and listen to them. And now they're rebelling because they look at you and you seem to not care and you don't hear them. So these are unconscious patterns that people do, right? And that's a simple one. There are many of them that are more complex that start showing up that significantly hurt your business. And that, go, and that doesn't go around how smart someone is, right? There's a lot of brilliant people out there that they get in the way of their business. And so the first step is trying to understand how are you getting in the way of your own business and hurting your own success and getting out of the way? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, but you need that external pair of eyes to point it out because if you've been running you that pattern to. since you were a kid at home, you know, around the dinner table or whatever, having to shout over your siblings, then it's just so part of the way you act and behave. You were not going to be aware. You're going to be blind to it. Yeah, Until... You can't figure it out in your own. And your brain is wired to keep you safe. Of course. So it's the little voice in your head speaks negatively to you when you're listening to it because it doesn't want you to try new things. It wants you to stay in your comfort zone because getting out of your comfort zone makes it unsafe and you could get hurt. Right. And it really now these days, it's about how can you manage the uncertainty and help other people around you do it in a healthy way. And that is how you're going to grow your business when you're not sure day to day what's going to happen, right? And as we get through this pandemic, there will be another crisis, whether it's global, whether it's in your city, whether it's in your region, whether like it's in Europe 
in the UK, in, you know, somewhere else that you may be affected by. So it's really understanding how to deal with all of these. And it's very difficult if you're getting in the way of your ability to think, act, behave, communicate, right? Analyze and all these other things that are required as a business leader today. And it's the step people skip over. And I think one of the reasons, Jason, they probably skip over it more now more than ever is, well, I was going to say is because they are so busy operationally trying to keep the boat afloat, keep their business afloat that, what you want me to invest time in myself or my leadership? But I guess the flip side could also be true that in good times, they were saying, well, things are doing so well anyway. Why on earth would I need to invest in my leadership? Don't fix something that ain't broke. So I guess your message now here is, now, if you are going to lead, you're going to be able to create followership where people come with you on a journey and your business through this crisis and the ones to follow, then you do need to invest in that work on yourself and your skills as a leader. Yeah, I would say, is, isn't now a good time? Yeah. Because, I mean, the reality is we always have an excuse. For sure. So you're like one of the critical things now is followership. And, and if you want to be influential with people, you have to be vulnerable and you have to know who you are. Sure, you can convince people for a period of time if you're charismatic and really good and successful, but they will eventually uncover and see you for who you are, and then they will leave, or they will be looking for the bigger, better deal, and that is not what you want in the people around you, and they will never tell you the truth, and that's the other problem, is that you're really living a lie because no one around you is telling you really what they think or believe because of fear or they're not sure, or other reasons. And that hurts you, right? So you overshoot what you said before, your emotional intelligence. You think that you're highly emotional intelligent, and the reality is very few people are, and they have no idea whether they are or not. They just believe it to be true, right? Well, I mean, I can watch Netflix and believe it to be true, but it's not really true. Well, what's the, there's really no difference. You're making up a story in your head, like a fairy tale, <laughs> about how good you are about something, but you have no data to say whether that's true or not. And you think to yourself, if that's the case, like, do you run your business like that? Do you look at your revenue line and say, well, I think that the revenue line is just not, you know, this amount of sales this month. I'm not really sure, but let's just put that number there. No, you look at, you know, the charts that you have, the data and how you're collecting it, and then look at your balance sheet and you look at the numbers that come out. Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. So what what does vulnerability look like for a business leader? So we're not talking about lying down on a therapist's crouch here, are we? No, I think what it is, is staying open that you don't have all the answers, that you have to learn. The people around you can give you valuable feedback that can help you make better decisions. And enrolling your team, right? And your team could be your employees, your customers, your partners, consultants, whoever they might be in helping you grow and scale your business and sharing their ideas. And then what you can do 
is take the best of them and start to challenge your own assumptions and beliefs in order to build things much better because no one has all the answers and there are smart people around you. And if they're not, then you need to look in your hiring practices, who you're associating with, and you have other larger issues to deal with at that point. But that's how it is, right? I mean, like I'll work with my clients to go in front of their employees and say, look, here's our plan, but we don't have all the answers. We need your help. Give us your feedback and how you see things. And you start listening and asking questions. And you don't, again, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to reply back. You don't have to agree with them. But what you can do is collect the data like a researcher and then sit down and see, is this feedback consistent? Where am I hearing this from? Does this make sense? What do I believe to be true, right? And then get together people and ask questions and make decisions, right? That is the better way to go about it today. And there is no other way because we're, everyone's overworked. But the key thing is, is to stay open, be humble and let your ego go. And the fact is, it's about you being successful. It's not about you being right. And the problem is too many people want to be right and successful. And you can't do that with the world moving as fast as it is, as uncertain and all the craziness that's going along. And the fact that all the people are talking to, you're working super hard. You have a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress coming professionally, personally, socially, every which way. You got to roll other people and let people help you. Because if you don't, you're going to fall over, ultimately. You are, right? And that's what's happening, right? I mean, I you know, asked my clients probably about three months ago, like, what's your work schedule look like now pre-pandemic? And everyone said, even people that I'm not working with that I asked, you know, for pe people that are leaders and high-level leaders and managers, they're working at least five to 15 hours more. And mm -hmm. at one weekend day, for sure, that's not two. And most of them hadn't taken a vacation until like August, a day. Hmm. And, and right, that's a recipe for disaster. And, you know, 21 isn't going to get any easier. I think, I think that's a genuine problem that we're going to see um, across so much of the, you know, the working world that that will be exactly the case. Too few holidays, too few vacations. People, if they can't go away somewhere, they've not taken the time, they're not taking the time off. They've had to balance, particularly if they've got young families between homeschooling, pickups. Or, so I, I don't know about you, but my day's just a blur. So I listen to all the speakers and influencers talk about you should, um, you know, have a cut off at the end of the day. And I find myself, you know, sometimes doing a school pickup and then that's my day interrupted. So I make up the hours in the evening and often I won't be leaving my office until my, my home office until half 11 midnight. And so the, the week has just got so messy and there's no very little blurring of the lines between work and home. Yes. And then I talk to my clients and I just see the same and hear the same story you're completely right. And I think the challenge is when you have a remote workforce, the hours are seven days a week, 24 hours a day, right? I mean, yeah. it really doesn't matter. People are going to contact you all the time. And sure, you cannot return some emails and do some things. But let me tell you, every type A successful person in the back of their heads thinking about it, even when they're sleeping. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. And I, and frankly, yeah, can you do things to, you know, alleviate that to some degree? Sure. But you can't change people and you can't change personality types. 
So this is the world you're going to be living in and this is who you are. And you have to cope with it and manage it and learn new skills to get through it, right? Not listen to people and say, well, you should put your work down at, you know, like 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. and then don't pick it up to the next day. Well, no one's taking that advice now and they can't. So it isn't really useful. So you have to find things that are helpful for you and you have to change your habits, learn new skills, understand the challenges you're having in order to make it through and to be successful, not just for the next three or six months, but for the next several years and realize that we're never going back to where things were you know, pre-February 2020. It's not going to happen at any point going forward. And I think that's a realization people have to make because they'll either have to change or they're going to get burnt out or their business is going to sputter and decline and then they're going to be forced to do it. How I'd do rather we, be proud. How do we avoid this pandemic of burnout then? Well, I think you ha- everyone has to figure out things that are doing better for them. They have to have, you know, obviously like you have to get some fresh air. You got to get some exercise of some form. You have to have some things that you enjoyed personally to do. You do have to get away. I think you do have to spend vacation time and you have to mark it on the calendar and you have to keep it, right? You have to manage your mental health, right? Some people, right? There's all these apps you can get. Some people can meditate, right? There's always people can find ways to relax. Some people cook, some people listen to music. You have to figure out these things that work for you because there is no blueprint for every person, but you have to have a lot of these done and you have to spend time with your family and figure out what is going to be good in that arena for you. Sure. And you just have to try things and it's never going to be perfect. But if you don't do any of this, you're going to have real challenges as you move forward. And the problem is, is when you get down the rabbit hole and it's in a bad place, it's really hard to pull yourself out that out, out of it, right? And it takes a lot. And so you don't want to get to that point because there are a lot of problems, they'll say, because then you're having issues at home or at work, and then you have to battle out of them and you have to figure out what to do. And it's always harder when you're in that place. So being proactive now is really critical because you're going to be at that place. It's a matter, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So I try to help people get a, you know, out in front of it and start to do some things because then they see the benefits of it and they're more willing to do more, right? Because we're human beings and we need evidence that things are working. But you have to do this and you have to figure out how, right? And then once you figure out your self-awareness, then you can start working on leadership skills that you need to do and fill in the challenges that you're currently having. And the self-awareness survey will help it. Like, you know, one way you do this is you pick people um, internally and externally and have someone do some 360 review, right? And sure. it can be something simple. It could be questions on like, what am I doing well? What am I not doing well? Right? What do you you know, what do you see as my real core strengths? And if there's one thing I don't change, right, that really could hold me back, what would that be? And you could add in a few questions, get that data and hear the truth from people you trust, you care about, and know that they care about you and get that feedback. And that can help you significantly to start figuring out the good things and the challenges and start investing there and then get feedback from the people that you're working from, you know, say you can ask them, what are the things 
that I've done really well in 2020? What do you think the things in 2020 that I could improve upon and get real feedback from them? And if they say nothing saying, well, it's impossible, nothing. I can't get better if you don't tell me the truth. And then when they tell you, you can't penalize them, right? But that's a great way to start figuring out, even if you don't want to get outside help, you can start getting some of the data to see that you actually need to invest in these areas and then start and figure out every quarter. Uh, here's one skill or two skills I want to work on. I'm going to find some online courses. I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to go to a virtual conference. I mean, there's a lot. I'm going to listen to some podcasts, right? And then come together with a plan and do something. That's at least better than nothing, right? And then you can hone in and figure out what's working and do more of it. But standing pat and not doing anything, you're falling behind. You're not staying the same. That's really, I think, the message. How would you help um, a business owner, business leader improve their level of resilience and energy? You know, given the we're in the northern hemisphere, we're in our winter. We are, um, you know, had a tough year, so some of them are feeling a little bit uh, run down and punch drunk. Anyway, they may have had to have the physical illness, whether they've had COVID or not. How how do you recommend from a mental, physical health? Um, execs, leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs increase, improve their resilience and their mental health? Well, you know, one of the ways I find that helps people is giving, inspiring and helping other people. Because when you do that and make other people feel good, you feel good, right? So here's a couple of very simple things that you could do. You could go and send everyone in your company, right? And you can make it over the next quarter, depending how many people or you can do it faster and either send them an email, a text message, a card, a written one, uh, e-card, whatever is the least resistance you have and tell them I'm thankful for having you right in my company, in my life, whatever it is, you know, because in 2020, you helped me do something and tell them specific and then tell them why that that made an impact for you. And that's really powerful. And those people be extremely grateful and not everyone's going to respond, but a lot of the people, and you're gonna feel really good that you sent that out. And if you're running a company or a business or a manager and you have your team do those things, they're gonna have a great impact about the people around them, right? And if you have them do it specifically, if you're a manager and a team, and you have everyone go around and thank one person for helping them in the last three months and telling them why and what the impact is, like that's a simple way to start doing something, right? That can make a real difference. And you can do things like this that show gratefulness, being, you know, thanking other people that are really helpful. And that's all free, right? None of the mm -hmm. things I told you, other than if you buy a physical card and then what, it's a couple dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. But the point is, is not the buy, you can buy things for people, right? But it is great when you give your time. You could go help a charity, right? Spend some time helping them, even virtually. A lot of people need successful people helping them in certain areas. And you can still do that virtually, not even getting them in person, right? Whatever that may be, those are really great ways to start to do things that you can immediately do that. The other thing is to start, wake up every morning and say three things that you're grateful for, because now you're looking at something positive, right? It could be, I have a roof over my head. 
I have, you know, the dog I love, I have a wife, or I have a husband, I have whatever it is, right? Because now you're looking for the things that you have in abundance rather than the things that you don't have right now. And that should oh. take, you know, 10, 15 seconds of your day. Yeah. So it's, I find it's little things that you can do that can make a really big impact, right? Instead of picking, you know, people will pick these things like meditating for 30 minutes. Well, they're never going to keep to it because they don't have 30 minutes and they'll rationalize they don't have it, right? So if you want to try meditating, try meditating for three or five minutes and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, yep. then don't do it, right? Yeah, yeah, Go find yeah. something else it is. Maybe read a book for three or five minutes, like, you know, I love when you know, sometimes I have this book, Dr. Seuss book. And sometimes like when we're having a challenging day, I'll sit there and read it for like literally no more than two. I'll literally set a timer and read it for two minutes and okay. I'm immediately in a better mood. Okay. Well, it may sound silly, but if that can change the course of my day, why not spend two minutes and do that? So uh, you can find a myriad of things to do. You can Google them on like how to be more grateful, how, how to thank people. You can do it for peer-to-peer -peer feedback, right? Or, um, you know, something that you can do for people. Um, and, and there's tons of stuff that you can do that can help other people. That, and I think that's usually when we feel the most alive, when we can make an impact in other people rather than stuff we can do for ourselves. But we have to figure out a whole wide array of things to do. And um, why, I know you believe that relationship building is, is a key for business success. So why do you put so much emphasis and importance behind relationship building? Because it, it's a thing that gets in the way, right? Because the problem is, right, in like all my clients and I'm sure people out there, it's about how do people work together? How do they collaborate? How do they communicate? How do they resolve conflicts? How do they innovate, right? How do they help each other? That is the core of every business is the people and how effective are they and are they working at their highest and best? And the challenge with that is, is people are naturally just poor communicators, right? And they're poor. They sure. don't know how to do sure. Yeah, yeah, And it's not a strategic thing on in any initiative I've ever seen. I work with a lot of people and that becomes the problem because when we look at the world, the people that see the world like us, it's very easy for us to get along with them, right? And we do meet them. The challenge is, is most of the world does not think like us and act like us. And what happens there is we put these barriers up and we make up stories about other people that then put this wall between us and it reduces our effectiveness and productivity as a group, no matter whether that group is four people or a hundred or whatever size it may be. And that becomes the ultimate challenge because then misunderstandings happen, miscommunications go on, hurt feelings, people don't really express who they are, they have no way to do these things and that becomes the problem. And you have to break down these barriers in order to help people see that most people are the same in many ways. They have a lot more in common than you think that you do. You can learn from every person and you have to set up a way to communicate and learn about their experiences and histories to best reach them and work in a way that works for them, not just for you, which is why empathy has been such a big skill set that almost every major company now is putting on the top five skills that are teaching to leaders and managers 
because you have to see things through other people's eyes and what they actually want to do and ask enough questions to get there. So that becomes the problem overall. And then it's working across teams. It's also working with partners externally, customers and everyone else. The challenge is, is how well do you really know these people and how much trust do you build with them? That's really the huge question because it's really about a trust barrier, right? And the trust level has to be extremely high for you to work with people effectively and build a great performing team. And so how quickly can you do that is really the question. And even if you have people working together for a long time, most people don't know each other that well. They claim they do, but then I ask them questions and they don't have the answers about other people. So time and experience doesn't necessarily mean you know that much about that person. It really isn't. If there's a trust issue, you believe there's a trust issue uh, in general or within a particular relationship at work? I think it's across the board. I mean, you look at all the data, like Edelman has this trust survey. And if you Google it and take a look at it, I mean, it's really poor, right? It's like, you know, people believe in the company is like 30%, right? Trust level across the board, right? It's managers for employees, trust level. It's and what poor. can leaders do to improve that trust level? Well, I think part of it is they have to be transparent about what is going on in the company and share with people the truth, right? I think the other part of really getting trust with someone is understanding their experiences, getting to know them as a person. And so how would you do that? Well, I've created this game called Cards Against Mundanity. And it was this thing where you do in a group, right? Where everyone asks the same question, and it was based off a research study that a professor did that he found that if two pe people were complete strangers who asked each other vulnerable questions, in 30% of the situations, they created the closest relationship in their life in 45 minutes. Wow. And right, because the problem is, is that we don't really ask each other deep, meaningful questions. And if you look at introverts, that's what stops them from communicating is because that's what they want, but they can't get to that point. So part of the game that I created and part of the process is just asking people in a group to answer the same question. And there'd be questions like, tell me about what's the biggest lesson you've learned in the last year, right? Tell me if you had to say thank you to one person for helping you become the person you are today, you know, who was that person? You know, what did they say and what impact did they make, right? What is, you know, what is the biggest challenge and setback you've had in the last five years and how'd you overcome it? And questions like that, because now you see yourself in other people. Other people understand you much better. They understand their experiences and what's going on. And you appreciate more of them. And you find people in the group that you thought, wow, I thought that person was really different. But they're actually more of the same. And what that does is that opens a door because now you're directly hearing that versus the stories you made up in your head. And now there's a chance you can build a lot more trust with them. You know, another thing that I, people do is create a how to work with me manual. It's just a manual that everyone fills out a list of questions such as, you know, what are your biggest pet peeves? How do you prefer to communicate, right? If I have a challenge or issue, what's the best way I can bring up things with you that you'll hear it and you'll stay open? If you're having a bad day, what's one thing I could do that could help you get out of it? And that helps you because now that clears up misunderstandings, misconceptions. Someone hands you an instruction manual to you 
which makes it easier for everyone, right? And you could give Love this, to, right? You could give this to people that are your employees. You could give this to a partner, a customer, right? And whether they give you one back or not doesn't really matter because now they know more about you. But a lot of the times, right, if you have it internally, everyone will have one. And if you get new people or you have new teams or you're working remotely, or let's say you're working across geographies and you don't understand something, now you clear a lot of these things up and you can create your own questions based on what you need. And they're pretty simple and fast and it's really helpful. And what I also find out that goes on after a while is if someone does that and they get some negative feedback, they're much more apt to bring up the other person. Well, look, I read on this piece of paper, like this is what you said to do. And I tried to do it and it didn't work. And then the other person could say, well, yeah, it's right, but it's more like this. Mm-hmm. And you open a communication because someone now can use this as a pathway forward to bring things up in a safe way, in an easy way. And the other person then doesn't get defensive. They realize they may have not explained it as well. And then they explain it better. And you create a closer environment and a closer relationship by doing it, right? And there's all these things like that that you can do that can help people that are fun easy, not expensive, and that can create a significantly different dynamic in an organization that can be a game changer because these are who the people that are their productivity, right? And it's also, if it's an outside person, like a customer or partner, this is key to retain them to grow your business. And not only that is to grow their business for you, right? So this is the way people do because people do business with people they trust because they want to know that you're going to have your back, right? A customer would pay you more money than someone else if they know that when the chips are down, when, the, when things are going bad, they know you're going to be there for them. They'd rather pay you more as an insurance policy than go with someone else that they don't yeah, know, for right? Sure, for I sure. Mean, we, all, we all hear about this and it's the truth. And we all do this in our personal life too. The challenge is, is that if the trust level isn't high enough, then someone won't do that. So your job is to build high levels of trust with people because they don't want to leave because they think to themselves, well, where am I going to go to get that same environment? And it is very difficult. And that's why they say when people build high levels of trust, it takes at least 15 to 20% more compensation for an employee to want to go to another company. And that's a lot more money, right? for someone to have to go. So it builds in a retention and an insulation from people getting hired away. But if you don't have that, you're going to make up every excuse at a little bit more money. Why wouldn't I want that? Because there's nothing more keeping me here. So I'd rather have a few more dollars, right? But the opposite happens true, right? Like I love the people. Am I going to love the people my next job? Like if you, you know, a thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars more a month, is that really that more important to me than the people I'm around, right? Is that really going to help my career? You'll talk them themselves out of something like that just as easily as they'll talk themselves into it. And completely agree. And so the, the clear message coming through here is about the importance of, A, having self-awareness um, so that you can look at your blind spots and get help and make sure you're constantly improving your leadership skills. And a key part of that is your ability to build relationships and build or build trusting relationships with the people in your team. Prepared to be vulnerable, admit that you don't know everything, but also be prepared to listen to the others and get their contribution. If we 
spent time. I love that idea about how to how to work with me manual uh, to give people the help about how to understand, how to engage with you, how to build that level of trust and improve the relationship. Um, so much, so much information, Jason. If anybody wants to check in with you, find out how you could help them and their teams, how do they do that? Sure, you can go to my website. It's jasontreu.com and you can get Cards Against Mundanity. It's a free game. You can also get you know the cards themselves at cardsagainstmundanity.com. So either place you can find it and have some fun. Jason, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hey, Gavin here. I want to get to know you. You're part of my community now. If you are serious about significant growth over the next two to three years, whether organically or through acquisition, let's jump on a call. Let me understand you and your business that much more so that I can come up with some suggestions that you can get on with implementing right now. Go to bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash call with Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.